Pray in the name of Jesus that those who feel discouraged in one way or the other, they will once again find uh, life and they will be revitalized, knowing that nothing is impossible with God. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. 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 Uh, we welcome you, family. We welcome those of you who are joining us on Facebook. And uh, we thank God for you. Thank you for, for choosing to spend this time uh, with us. I am Pastor Zipokabashe, Kingdom Embassy House. And it is my privilege to share the word of the Lord with you. And uh, they, there's a few things that I, I was just spending some time yesterday and the Lord whispered a few things to my heart, to my spirit, and I'm going to share those things with you. And of course, I'm going to share with you the Christian pillars for all seasons. As you are going to learn this morning, every faith has got pillars. They are things which define a, what they call a religion or a faith. And every faith has got its own pillars. And we also need to begin to, as Abba Zalwane, define ourselves around those pillars. Know who we are and know what the non-negotiables are uh, throughout any season. There are many seasons in life. We are in a season now. But the other seasons, the seasons of, um, of discouragement and a low point in your life. And then sometimes we find ourselves at the peak and it seems as if everything is functioning normally, is operating normally. In Jesus' name, I'm sorry for that, um, kind of got distracted there. Uh, and we feel as if no one is with us yet. There are things which must not change there are things which must not be moved in jesus name amen and uh, so i want to just come now and begin to share with you from Haggai chapter 2 while mamji is trying to fix my background here um chapter 2 in the book of Haggai. we're going to start from verse number 6 to verse number 9 verse number 6 to verse number 9 Amen. Uh, while I was talking here, I think our, our power, uh, the, the battery kind of uh, failed and Mamji is trying to sort that out. That's why I kind of got distracted there. And so if you go to Haggai chapter 2, verse number, from verse number 6, I want you to listen to me very carefully, family. It says there from verse number 6, For thus says the Lord of hosts, Once more, it is a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land, and I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations, and I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the Bible says. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. Now listen to this verse. The glory of this latter temple or latter house 
shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. He says, in the heart of the Father, and according to Bible prophecy, the end times church has to reflect greater glory, or the New Testament church, the end times church has to reflect greater glory than the early, the Old Testament church in the wilderness and going up the timeline in the Bible. But what should happen in the end times, which is you and I, whatever that they experienced uh, back then, thousands of years ago, your church, which is what we are part of, the global body of Christ, we are to reflect greater dimensions of power, greater dimensions of glory, greater dimensions of righteousness and holiness and uh, pushing back against the wickedness in our generation. That is what is in the heart of the Father. Now, whether that is what is our reality today or not, that is open for discussion. But all that we know, and uh, even as I was praying yesterday, and I'm going to share that with you, it, it, it would seem as if we are kind of very distant from the realization of the passion and the desire in the heart of God. And so what needs to happen is the gap to be filled. Number one, we got to match the early church in with regards to the manifestation of the power of God and us walking in righteousness and holiness in the earth, let alone us overtaking that uh, level of glory according to this prophecy that we are to operate at a greater level of glory for the glory of the latter shall be better than that of the former now if at this point we are not even operating at their level you would then appreciate the fact that there's still much prayer to happen there's still much pressing in to happen there's still much faith that needs to be activated in us there's still much growth that needs to take place in the church today amen and uh, having said that we also know that he's god of grace the god of comfort a god of mercy he was uh, uh, correct now we know when he said he, he wrote uh, david wrote in that uh, beautiful psalm 103 when he says he remembers that we are dust he remembers that we are dust he didn't say that to give us an excuse not to press in he wrote that so that when we find ourselves like we do today like on the back foot the church i want you to know family is on the back foot we are not where we are supposed to be if uh, the church were to be sampled you go to any congregation gathering this morning you take you just pick one believer uh just pick up five percent of the congregation put them on one side and begin to interview them you will uh, as, as, as a specimen if you will of that congregation and begin to gauge the level of maturity and depth in god you will begin to realize that there is still much work to do this is why in our church there is such a thing as discipleship because the church needs to arrive at a certain level and dimension of power and authority and glory and walking in holiness and righteousness in the earth 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, having established that, about two days ago, I was um, I was walking out, uh, just checking on 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 the on the car that this gentleman was fixing, and uh, I saw this centipede. Uh, now I love I love those things. I don't know why. I just I I, I let them crawl on my arm. <laughs> it freaks my kids out sometimes. And uh, I I just when I was growing up I I was very comfortable with 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 the the centipede. So so I went out of excitement because I would pick them up and bring them into our apartment for for Levi to kind of um, have fun with it, and then we'll take it back when we are done. And when I approached this one. You know, they are very shiny. They are so beautiful. And I love them. And uh, so it looked so shiny and it looked so beautiful on the outside. And uh, when I picked it up, I then realized that it was dead. It was just a shell. Yet the, the shine on it, that lust on it, had not gone. And so, of course, I was disappointed. And I remember, I've, I've had this a um, couple of times when... On the outside, something looks very shiny. I also saw some time ago this this uh, snail shell. I have no problem with snails, by the way. I don't eat oysters, but I don't. I have, I have no problem with snails, especially the big ones. I don't love that shell structure. And so I picked this one up. When I picked this one up, I realized that it's just hollow on the inside. There is no snail there, but the 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 outer appearance, the form of it. Looked, looked so beautiful, nice big shell with nice patterns on it. And then I moved closer again and I realized that that thing is dead. There is no snail alive in that shell. And when I, the Lord spoke to me last night and these things came to me, and then I realized that, uh, and the Lord began to speak to me. He said, my people are dying within their shell on the outside everything looks beautiful everything looks shiny we have been able to adapt and assimilate all the all the form and all the stuff that make people out there to kind of think that we are christian and we are the church and uh, yet when you do a closer scrutiny and inspection, you find that on the outside it is hollow. There is nothing in there. And the Lord spoke to me and the Lord said, the shell of my people is, is church attendance. The shell of my people is the mastery of the church routine and the church program. The, the shell of my people is the mastery of the Christianese and, and our ability to speak in a certain way, whether it's on social media or on certain platforms, and that gives a perception that all is well. But upon closer scrutiny, family, uh, there is nothing on the inside. There is absolutely nothing on the inside. And the Lord spoke to me, Bazalwan, and he says, this is what my people give me. This is what they present to me, nothing but a shell, nothing but just 
a form, nothing but just a shell. Uh, the Lord spoke to me last night and the Lord said their church attendance is their gift and ministry to this generation. Many people are in, in, the, in the entire country, in the entire nation. Uh, there is a, a belief and conviction which is so sad to me that as long as we are part of the Sunday congregation, uh, that's it. That is, the, that is the gift we present to heaven and we tick the box as having done well. When we do that, we consider ourselves having done well. Our ministry to this generation, our ministry to the nation that the Lord God has placed us in, we have limited it to us just attending church, to us just uh, attending on, on, on Sunday. That is our input as a generation. That is our input, our contribution. When we go and our time is up in the earth, when, it is, uh, when our life story is told, two things will be told of the church alive today. Number one, they went to church. Number two, they went to church. Number three, they went to church. An average Christian today, if you were to be convicted of being a Christian, there won't be enough evidence to convict you. If you take away church attendance, and then they would say, let us arrest all Christians alive in this area, there won't be enough evidence to convict a lot of people on account of them being Christians. Because there is nothing other than if you take away church attendance, there's absolutely nothing. And the Bible says the glory of the latter house shall be greater than that of the former house. And the Lord continued to speak to me, family. He said, most of my people are dead and others are dying within the shell. The Lord said, I am losing many of them, yet they don't see it. Many people today who are go under the label Christian, they don't see anything wrong. It reminds me of this man who was uh, on his deathbed and he was told that he needed to repent of his sin. And then he told the person who was talking to me, he said, but I didn't, I, I had no idea that there was something, there was a fight between me and God. So in other words, he, in his own mind, in his own view, everything was just fine. And so the Lord's heart is, uh, is in pain. The, I know that today, even as I speak to you, because an average young person, an average person out there in the street, they don't know that they are. They know that they're in sin most probably, but they don't care. They know that an average Christian going to church on Sunday today, they know that they're not on fire for God, but it does not bother them. They know that... Uh, there is a world dying outside the perimeters of the church building, but it does not worry them. As long as our fridges are full, as long as our bank accounts are flourishing, as long as my children, my marriage is doing fine, all is well. 
that is the gift we are presenting. That's the, that's the ministry we are giving to the Lord as a church in the 21st century. And uh, the Lord also spoke to me last night. He says, they sit, this generation, my church, they sit at the feet of the God of this world and spend their time and money there. They sit at the feet of the God of this world. That's where they spend their time and that's where they spend their, mind, their money. The Lord said they refuse to build with me. They refuse to build with me. Their heart is not with me. They worship me with their lips only. Now, this family, I'm not saying to you, I'm saying it to myself. Because one of the things that the church also has been able to master is to develop a wall of scriptures that prevent us from being corrected from, and prevent us from being uh, evaluated. There's a word judge in the Bible. It means to assess and evaluate. And so uh, these scriptures, we've built a wall around ourselves and they prevent us from growing because every time I am put under scrutiny, I have a, an arsenal of scriptures to bring up and to push back. And uh, I'm going to share a few things with you today. And uh, I want to challenge you for me. I want to challenge myself. But the Lord carried on speaking to me. It's a wonderful moment. Said they, are, they worship their God with their time and money. The proof of the God that you serve will be in the fact that you spend your time there mostly. And you spend your resources there. This is why the Bible says where the money is, there the heart will be also. I know that we live in a system that uh, channels us within an, a, an eight-day routine and regime. We wake up, we work from morning to afternoon. That's just the structure. But apart from that, family, at every slightest opportunity that we get we would rather spend our time at the feet of the god of this world than spending time at his feet remember that the the lord god that we serve has not changed it does not change with time and seasons when the bible says he is a jealous god he still is today <laughs> i know that i am sharing a message that you probably wouldn't hear much, you know, because we have, um, you know, we, we I, I love to speak kindly. That's what the Lord says, speak kindly to my people in the book of Isaiah. But I want you to know, family, for the church to grow up, for us to be able to be the end times church that the Lord is looking for, there are messages and preachings that we need to open our hearts to. And begin to challenge ourselves. They may seem top shelf at the time we hear it. But I want you to know. If we are to be the church that the Lord is calling us to be. There is a level of maturity. Now maturity is not always comfortable. To be able to get to a level of growth. It's, it does not happen uh, by way of uh, massage and all these things. There's a lot of pruning. When you see the word pruning in the Bible and you see a cutting and you see a, 
a, a, a forming and a forging. Understand that, that it's not an, an, an easy and nice process. A Christian who does not want to be prune, pruned is a Christian who will not grow. And the church of the end times for us to grow to be at the level of maturity that the Lord is looking at. There will be much pruning in the name of Jesus in the absence of which we fail to grow and to realize maturity and maximum growth uh, that the Lord wants called maturation in Jesus name. So I want you to know today that whoever you spend time with, whoever you spend time with, whoever you spend your money on, whoever that is, that thing uh, thrives and that thing flourishes. Whoever you spend your time on, whoever you spend your money on will thrive and flourish. If you believe like I do that the world system is, 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 is going to flourish everywhere you go as much as the, the spine of it is wickedness, but when we look at them, there's a lot of uh, seem to be prospering. This is why the Bible says, do not uh, be disturbed when you see a wicked man prosper. It's because all of us, we, that's where we spend our time. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg and all these guys, they thrive on our um, time. Our spending time, of course, we, we share the gospel there and we do all those things. But I wanted to get a, a bigger picture, family, of what we are dealing with. If you don't understand these things, the, 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 the church, our role in the earth, will not be uh, of a cutting edge type that the Lord is, is looking for. We must, as much as we all, we all have these mechanisms and the infrastructure everywhere, and uh, of course, it's, it's, it's from the world system. But when we begin to plug in and find ourselves operating there, we must know exactly what we are doing. We must know who we are. We must know exactly how much time we spend there and our engagement at that level. Why? Because we are the end times church. We operate at a different level. We operate at a level of the supernatural. In the name of Jesus, we are not those who just conform blindly. We are not those who just conform with, with in ignorance, but we are those who are conformed according to the word of the Lord and according to the Holy Scriptures. We don't just flow, just go with the flow because everybody's doing it. Uh, from time to time, I pull out and I look at things from an aerial perspective. And I begin to put out my antennas. And I want to hear what the Lord is saying concerning these things in Jesus' name. And the Lord said to me, even if he were to collapse, listen to this family, to collapse the world system, it is my own people who would help it back up. Even if I were to collapse the world system, it is my own people who would help it back on its feet. Now, I want you to know that there is a, the time, there is a church that is alive on earth today, but there is also the church that is in the heart of the Father. There is a church that must be given manifestation to in Jesus' name. There is a church that we are, and then there is a church that we are becoming. 
We are always becoming something at any given time, whether we are obeying God or disobeying God. At any given time, we are metamorphosing. We are, we are changing and transforming into something. If we obey God, we are getting closer and closer to being that which he has preordained for us to be. But every time we disobey, every time we take a step back, we are also transforming into something undesirable. Amen. Amen. And the Lord said to me, I want you to preach the gospel of the apostles, of the, of the early church apostles. Preach the gospel that the apostles preached. That way, if you do that, the remnant will be preserved. And I would pose a challenge to ministers out there. If we go back and preach what the first apostles preached, if we preach what the early church preached, if we don't waver based on time, based on season, based on fashion, based on what is trending, based on what's contemporary, but we stick our eyes in that word and we stick our feet in that word and we refuse to be transformed and we refuse to be conformed into the system, but we transform, uh, we allow the word to transform us first and then we transform those around us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. But when I felt the Lord strongly last night, says I'm losing, I'm losing them. I'm losing my people. I'm losing my people. I'm losing my bride. So you need to preach the gospel that will preserve my bride. Remember the apostle Paul says he's coming for a bride without a wrinkle. A bride without a wrinkle, a, a bride that's so pure, without sin. A bride that is uh, worthy to be presented to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords. Now, it does not matter what time it is we live in. Who cares what time it is we live in? The church must continue to be the church irrespective of times and seasons. There's something called modernity, modernity, and there's something called postmodernism. Now, the church does not care about such things the truth of God. Of course, we, we welcome all the developments in technology and we become uh, beneficiaries of such in Jesus' name. And the gospel gets uh, to be preached. There's a speed and acceleration in the preaching of the gospel when those tools are used properly for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, we benefit. The gospel benefits. Heaven benefits. But it becomes a problem when the culture of the time becomes our culture. Amen. The Lord wants the glory of the latter house to be greater. That's what has been prophesied because it has been prophesied. It shall come to pass in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I also finally, family, I also had the Lord on this, then I'm going to carry on. I also had the Lord say, my people still struggle to differentiate between doing church and being the church. There is, uh, in, 
a lot of people's minds, they cannot differentiate between doing church, which is doing what we do, uh, like over here, for instance, or on Sunday, when we get together and we worship, which is necessary, and I'm going to cover those because it's one of our pillars. But doing church and being the church, being the church means that when the service uh, closes and the preacher says, Amen, the church leaves the building to be the church out there. The church leaves the building to be the church in your family, in your marriage, in, your, in the areas of your sexuality and finances and relationships and in things like those in Jesus' name. The church, when you realize that I am a member of the body of Christ, I left a church meeting, but the church is now driving on this highway. I'm going to the mall. You will then realize that I am called to do life differently. I'm called to do marriage differently. I'm called to do uh, sexuality differently. I'm called to do finances differently. I'm called to do fun and entertainment differently. Amen. This is what the church is missing. So family, it is my personal belief. Please hear me this morning. It is my personal belief that of all the faiths in the world, I don't know how many of them are there, but of all the faiths in the world, probably Christianity is among the top three most relaxed faiths, most relaxed, most cool ones, you know, most woke faiths in the world. We are so relaxed. We are so, there's a word that they use, which I'm not, just trying to avoid, it's lexadaisical, to the extent of being really lexadaisical about a whole lot of things in the world. The Islamic faith, on the other hand, now listen to me for a minute, I want to provoke you this morning. The Islamic religion ranks among the three most disciplined faiths in the world. Three most disciplined, most dutiful, most devoted, most staunch religions in the world. It is nothing for a Muslim to die for their faith. It is nothing for them to die for a cause. Now, remember that they are so committed that they are willing to do anything. They put it out there. They are not ashamed of who they are. Now, I want to share with you this morning, there are five pillars. There are five pillars. I'm going to share our five pillars. I'm going to share their five pillars. The, 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 the Islam, Islamic religion has got five pillars. Now, listen to me, Bazalwani, this morning. As we are getting ready for Christmas next week, I pray that the Holy Spirit shall provoke us and we shall come 2022. The Lord God will, 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 will respond to the call for us to come to a place of deeper levels of maturity and growth in God and commitment in Jesus' name. Now, they have five pillars, five pillars. They are proud of who they are, family. I'm going to just list those to you. But you've seen uh, how proud they are of their faith. They are probably the hardest to convert. If you 
We're looking at convert, converting a Muslim. You're looking at the hardest person to convert. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't have that kind of confidence with an average Christian. Christian would get converted on the way from here to, to Musgrave. In the car, in the backseat. You're already converted, you're already won. Because the grounding in the Christian faith, in the back in the day, what we are trying to do now, which we, what we're going to be doing at, at Kingdom Embassy House, it's discipleship, grounding people in the things of God outside of the church environment of this worship and listening to me preach and MMG and then we give and then we then we go home but being grounded now an average Muslim would die for what they believe please know that I'm repeating it now another interesting thing about Islam is that their religion is their culture which is what I have been trying to get people to understand, even in that book which I've written, many more I will write, I'm trying to communicate that Christianity is change of culture. Christian, if you don't understand that, if we consider Christianity as just another sport on a free Sunday on my diary and my itinerary, and then there's a sport somewhere, and so the weather is okay, and I bought a new item, I might as well go to church. For them, it's not that. For them, their religion is their culture. It is not just the mosque they go to. They live their lives. They live their lives within an invisible mosque. In other words, when they leave the mosque, they carry on. They are in this invisible mosque. This is why they wear what they wear. And they don't care. They have been uh, pictures posted on social media of, of Muslims praying facing Mecca on the airport, at the airport, anywhere inside the plane, Mom Jesus. That's how strong they are in their faith. They wouldn't care who's looking at them. They wouldn't bother who's, who's laughing. They don't care. They are staunch believers. They are dutiful. They are devoted. A Christian, an average Christian, is embarrassed saying grace in a restaurant. An average Christian is embarrassed closing their eyes. They have a problem, a serious problem, a life-deciding problem, Mam Kabash. And you'd ask them if I can hold hands with you, can I pray with you? They would be so, yet they have a ticking time bomb right there deciding what... This prayer could actually be determining whether somebody dies or they leave. And then I ask if I can hold your hands right here, right now. And there are people walking up and down. And of all the faiths I know, it's Christianity that would have a problem with them. It's a person who goes to a, some church who have a problem with them. These people. Oh, I have, a, I have a, an, a Muslim friend who helps us. As uh, an amazing gentleman, and they are so they are so disciplined. It's them who would shut down at one o'clock and go pray. It's them who would who wouldn't care whether there are one hundred people standing outside about to walk in and buy the entire merchandise. They wouldn't bother. Their commitment 
is in the fact that they need to pray. Now, I'm about just to tell you just these five things, and I'm going to share ours, and then I'm going to pray. What I was saying to you, Basrani, their religion is their culture. So whatever that they do, culture is how you do life. They do life according to what Islam says. How many believers, how many Christians do life according to what the word says? You would hear, I remember in the township, if somebody happened to be resisting something, let's say people are sitting around having alcohol, for instance, or there's something happening, and you would hear somebody saying, I cannot do that because my pastor said. I can't do it because my church says. Who cares what your church says? You must know what the Bible says. You, are, we, are we more committed in what one guy says, on what woman says, and what the Bible says? They are committed to the Quran. They are staunch believers. They would go and blow themselves up for the cause. Say amen, Bazalwa. What kind of church have we become? When the Bible says there's a cloud of witnesses that's looking down upon us. They died, they bled, they were crucified upside down, they were burned to death, they were sawn in two, the Bible says. They were burnt at the stake, the Bible says. The man, the first man who interpreted the Bible into English from Greek was burnt at the stake was banned he died the bible that you have in your hand the bible that you have is dripping with that, that blood now they handed the baton to us this church of today the church of today somebody who would not come to church because the weather is just not right because there is no acorn because of what one reason or the other reason i want us to be challenged this morning Baselwan. I want you to be challenged this morning. I want us to walk around walking with this invisible, this invisible as they walk around in this invisible mosque. What are we walking around in? When we leave the church service, the first thing that's going to happen on the parking lot, I'm going to shout at that man because I've locked Jesus in that building yeah. and I'm walking back into whatever I'm walking by myself. Like I've told you before, he does not follow me where I go. He does not, Jesus does not follow me into the mall. He does, he does not follow me into my marriage, into my sexual life. It's my private life. It's my private space. Amen. What do they believe in? The Islamic religion has got five pillars. The first one is called the Shahada. The Shahada is the is profession of faith. Profession of faith, every person who's going to become a Muslim must uh, say these words. They believe that there is no God but God and Muhammad is the messenger of God. That's what they believe, every Muslim. You cannot talk them out of it. That's just what, what it is as far as they are concerned. For a Muslim to be born again in heaven must do something. You don't, you don't, you don't stand them by the corner and give them three scriptures. And think that you're going to convict them intellectually and then convert them into being a Christian. Theirs, it's at the level of, the, of, 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 of principalities. Ours, somebody pulls you, you see something on TV, you see somebody on, on just presenting a show, 
and then they say something, your lines are all twisted. You come to church, you, you, you've got all these red flags, you are confused. Where is the church family? Where are Christians on planet earth? Where is the body of Christ? Or is it just a shell? We pray that the Lord will blow upon that shell and life will come as he did in that valley of dry bones. For he asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? And the Bible says he prophesied and that valley of dry bones became a mighty army. And we believe that as we obey God and as we go back to the basis and fundamentals of the Christian faith, the church that the Lord is looking at shall begin to arise and the remnant shall arise in Jesus' name. And the purposes of God shall be accomplished yeah. for the church is still here. Yeah. I don't care if it's, if it's just a hundred people or a thousand people. Out of a church with 10,000 people, how many people are going to heaven? And how many people are going to hell? Out of a church of 500 people, a sampling of that congregation, how many of them, if the ground were to split open and they were all to go, how many of them would spend eternity with God? And how many of them would be lost in damnation in hell? And the Lord's heart would be that all of us come to him. So the first one is the shahada. The profession of faith. Now, this phrase is, uh, is often in Arabic. You would see it represented in different things. Uh, it, it's featured in architecture and in a whole range of objects. Wherever they go, I'm sure in Saudi Arabia, you would see it everywhere in the hotels. Uh, there's this nice, um, there's these structures that they have and this Arabic word written there. Every time they, they interact with it in their culture, in their day-to-day -day lives, they interact with it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, I want to share the second one. Now, on that first one, I want you to know, you must understand Muslims. There is no politician who is going to speak them out of it. There is no celebrity. There is no multimillionaire or scholar that is going to convince them they have... Come, it, Muslim people, they arrive at the point of no return very quickly. Mm. Very quickly. A Christian takes time to arrive at the point of no return. Where you know that you know that you know that this is who I am. I am a Christian. I am a child of God. The Bible is the book. I derive my culture from the word. How I do life is informed. We take time to get there. The second pillar in the Islam faith is called the Shalat. Is prayer. A Muslim prays five times a day. A Muslim prays five times. Five. Five times a day. Now you must understand that because... It's you and I who speak about Ephesians 6, that we wrestle against flesh and blood, against principalities and powers. We have so much revelation with regards to what we are contending with. But the effort we put in to show that we know that we are contending with principalities, it's very minimal. So we are very big, an average Christian is very big on head knowledge. But our, our routine and our rhythm is not consistent with that which we believe. So, they, are, they pray five times a day facing Mecca. They pray at dawn, they pray at noon, they pray mid-afternoon, they pray at sunset, and they pray after dark. 
it does not mean that this is what we must do because this would also bother on on the bondage and all that but i respect that discipline i respect that discipline i i respect the regiment that goes into that because it shows that someone has made a decision and they know who they are and they define themselves as such in Jesus name so understand that understand that the the, the growing faith in the earth it's all over the place they pray five times a day the third pillar so any Muslim has to do those things they it's number one and number two they need to pray five times a day it's a non-negotiable it doesn't matter how you feel like it doesn't matter what season you are in if you belong to that faith you must pray five times a day number three it's called sakat alms giving it's giving they give a true muslim donates a fixed portion of their income to community members now if you're rich they build hospitals and they build mosques and they build water fountains and they do all lot of other they a true muslim knows that they need to give they need to give they need to give so i'm going to come to that because that that is also part of what we do but i want you to understand the family that they are staunch in what they do they don't need to listen to someone unpacking the Quran for them to then begin to convince what we do with the word of offering. Now, because he spoke so beautifully on the offering, then I am moved emotionally. Then I believe that now I need to, I, I came with a 50 rand. Now, because he spoke so beautifully and I was moved emotionally. Now I'm going to give a hundred bucks because he moved me and he swayed me. It's not that family. A, a Christian is supposed to make the decision to give before they get to church. And there's a commitment to tithe and to give in Jesus' name. Different types of givings which we're going to learn. And I want you to know it's a non-negotiable. Number four, it's fasting. It's called, I don't know how they say it in, in their language, but it's S-A-W-M, Psalm. Now, during the month of Ramadan, which you know, every healthy Muslim is required to fast, abstain from food and drink. The month-long fast that takes place. Number five, it's, uh, it's called the Hajj, which their pilgrimage. Every Muslim whose health and finances allow, they go and, and they spend time there. Now, the reason why I mentioned all those things is because I wanted to understand that the reason why they, they, they have been able to be so impactful in the earth, it's because they are determined, they are established, they are, they are regimental, they are disciplined in what they do. They are not just kind of um, moody and kind of ro roller coasterish in, in their approach to their faith. They are who they are. And they have uh, determined that this is whether you hate us, whether you like us, it's irrelevant. This is who I am. These are five of their non-negotiables. Get used to this word, family. Non-negotiables. 
Through these, they, are de they determine between a false Muslim and a true Muslims. Now, what are your pillars, Bazalwa? What are our pillars? What are your pillars? What are your non-negotiables? What are pillars of the Christian faith? What are we about? Take certain things that we do out of the equation. What, what, what are we about? When we sit in that restaurant, which we're going to be doing just now, what are we about? Now, we need to understand our dues, not just the belief system. If I say today, I say to you, I believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. That's a belief. That's a belief system. And that is critical. Because without such a belief system, I'm, I'm done. If I say I believe uh, in the Holy Trinity, I believe in God the Father, in God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, I believe that Jesus was born. He died a wretched death on the wretched cross. And I believe that he was raised on the third day. And I believe that after 40 days, he ascended to be with the Father. All these are beliefs, very, very fundamental and very important. Now, watch this, Basil one. The weakness of the Christian faith is that our belief is not in our hands and in our feet. Our belief is often in our head. Where these other faiths beat us is that their belief is in their hands, what they do, and in their feet, we are happy having had knowledge, believing, just, just ditch, dishing out a whole lot of scriptures on Facebook, ditching out a lot of scriptures on some argument or some debate or some topic. We are happy when, we, when, we, when a Christian has done that, he's done marvelously in their own book. But where is the regiment? Now, where is the discipline? We do all that, we have all that knowledge, no discipline and no daily regiment. The Islam faith, they have day-to-day -day things uh, by which they are defined on a day-to-day -day basis. Not just the things which I read and are in my head, but they, they, there is a discipline, a discipline. What are our dues, family? Now, quickly, in Matthew, I've got five minutes. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, when you give, in verse 2, chapter 6 in Matthew, he says, when you give, in verse 5, he says, when you pray, in verse 16, he says, when you fast. Now there's two more because there's five altogether. When you give, when you pray, when you fast. I like the word when because it does not open the discussion to if it does happen. So it doesn't say if you do it, it says when you do it. The language suggests that it is expected of a Christian to give, to pray, and to fast. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul the Apostle says, When 
you come together as a church. It's verse 18. Now verse 20 says, when you come together at the same place. Verse 33 says, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. Finally, in 1 Peter 2, uh, the, apostle, the Apostle Paul also says something along, those, along that vein. But this is my point, family. When you give, when you pray, when you fast. Right. Now, in 1 Peter 2, um, maybe let's just go verse uh, chapter 3, verse 6. In 1 Peter 2, he says something along the same lines as when you come together. In other words, it's fellowship, right? 1 Peter 2. You'll find it there. Now, in uh, 1 Peter 3, verse 6, it says, when you do good, when you do good, when you do good. So, it's five things. Number one, when you give, it's giving. Number two, when you pray, it's prayer. Number three, when you fast, it's fasting. Number four, when you come together, it's fellowship or church attendance. I gave you it's assembling of ourselves together. Um, now, it's going to help us now not only to rely on that scripture in Hebrews. Now, I've given you a couple of other scriptures that suggest that Christians are too. It was the thinking and the belief of the first church that if you are a Christian, you go to church. If you are a true Christian, you go to church. It is a non-negotiable. Now, on that, going to church. By the way, for them going to church, it was not a once a week phenomenon. In Acts chapter 2, if you've read verses 46 to verse 47, it talks about them going there daily. For them, it was a daily occurrence, fellowship. They loved each other. Remember, for them, it was based on love. They loved each other so much that they couldn't wait for six days to meet on the seventh day for them to love each other. They just loved each other every day. They want to just get together and pray together, break bread together in Jesus' name. So uh, for us today, it's different. Now, when you give, it's giving, it's prayer, it's fasting, it's fellowship. A Christian goes to church. Please remember that. Number five, it is good works. Uh, Matthew 5, the Bible says, and let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Mm -hmm. And the Bible speaks of good works. Faith without works is dead. Amen. So a Christian gives. A Christian tithes. In every season. A Christian gives tithes and gives free offering. First fruit in every season season a christian praise a christian praise daily a true christian praise daily if the glory of the latter house shall surpass that of the former house this this regiment these disciplines must be restored back to the church a christian must be given to giving yeah. a christian must be given to prayer on every single day Islam prays five times a day. You hear from the Lord. We don't see that happening in the Bible. We see it three times a day in Scripture. If, if the Lord leads you to do that, some people pray longer hours in the morning and then they pray again in the evening, whatever the case is. But what you must understand, family, 
You as a Christian, you need to understand that a true Christian prays. When was the last time you prayed, family? How long did you pray? Amen. I'm challenging you this morning in Jesus' name. So as we close, these are the things which define a Christian in all seasons. These are Christian pillars for all seasons. Now I want to tell you, if we are strong in these five, not just in revelations that we get or in just the knowledge that we get, but in the actual practical demonstrable acts on a day-to-day -day basis, the falling away will not happen as it has been prophesied in, at least in those numbers. If a, an average Christian prays, if they, if they give prophetically, not just throwing money in the basket, but you give out of revelation, you sow seed, and you pray, and you fast. Most people fast once a, a, a week. I'm going to, uh, uh, probably we're going to be doing that in the next year, just once a, a week we go on fast as, as a church, based on what we are trusting God for. So, if we give, if we pray, if we fast, go to church every Sunday with no exception. If there is an appointment that coincides with the time you go to church, then reschedule. Tell them, mm -hmm. reschedule. That's what they do. When you go to buy, they, the door is closed. They say, come an hour later. Why are Christians not strong in their faith? Why are the one, we are the ones who are easily convinced it's easy for somebody to just give you a call. Okay, are you available at, at two? I want to take you out to lunch. There's something happening over there. It's easy for a Christian to be bent and to begin to flow with that as opposed to them saying, no, please, uh, can you just give me an hour? I, 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 I go to church. Okay, we do it before. Because from this time to this time, I go to church. I am a Christian. I attend church. I am looking forward to such people, family, who will realize who they are in Jesus' name. And so, and finally, family, Christians do good. No wickedness, even in this festive season. One of our five pillars is we are people who are given to righteousness. Who cares if there is meat and there is music and there is a DJ? That's not my business. That's their business. My business is to walk with God. My business is to be the light of the world. My business is not to allow the system to conform me into their culture. I have a mission. I have an assignment and a mandate to be the salt of the earth in Jesus' name and to be the light of the world. Why light of the world? World is the, is, 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 is the unchurched people. Now, you don't need light where there is light. It means there is darkness in the world and I'm supposed to go there and be the light that God is looking for. Mm -hmm. Know your pillars. Know your non-negotiables. As you move into Christmas family, uh, next week, even from today, as we are in the festive season, there are things that should define you in Jesus' name. When we are not meeting physically and we are meeting online like this, be part of what we are doing because this is what a Christian does in Jesus' name. I want to pray with you. Now, Father, thank you for your people today in Jesus' name. Thank you for the anointing uh, that is ready to be released by heaven upon us because 
the, the prophecy must be fulfilled. Haggai 2 must become a reality because it has already issued out of the mouth of the prophet yes. of God. And so it must be realized. And Father, we want to be the church that through whom you are going to manifest your will and you're going to manifest your power and you're going to walk in righteousness. We are people who pray in Jesus and we pray for our families, we pray for our destinies, we pray for our futures, we pray for our nation. We are people who give, who understand that we are competing with a world system that is so well-moneyed and as such as God's people, you have, Father God, devised a system by which the kingdom must be taken care of in the earth through tithing and through giving. And we are people who are given to fasting, Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And we are people who get together for fellowship, who love each other, who get together at least, at least, at least once a week in Jesus' name. And finally, Father, we are people who are given to good works. Even as we go out of our places today, as we go out into the malls and the streets, we go, we do good everywhere we go in Jesus' name. Now bless your people, I pray. And God's people said, Amen. Amen, Amen family. God bless you. Thank you very much. Enjoy these days and be careful and take care of yourselves and just have fun, just fellowship in Jesus' name. We want to thank those who joined us via Facebook in Jesus' name. I don't have sight of those who are there, Mamji. Amen. There's eight people, I'm, I'm told, there. Uh, thank you very much. I wish I could just interact with you. But we thank God for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Bazalwa. Amen. Bless you.